Hi everyone, welcome to the Planet K2 Performance Fix podcast. Welcome to episode 13. Today I'm with one of our coaches, Jim Constable. Jim, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Adam. How are you? I am good, thank you. I'm looking forward to our podcast. This is our second or third one, am I right? Yep, second or third. I can't remember either. (laughs) And it's quite an interesting um, topic, this one. We've actually had a few people contact us um, around the topic of change, um, how they can help themselves in terms of adapting or growing, and also how they can help employees who are maybe going through change. So I think it's quite an interesting area which we're going to um, explore. And I know, Jim, you've worked in, you know, a number of sort of big and small businesses and before we go into that I wanted to just learn a bit more about you so that the listeners can um, get to know you a bit more. Yeah thank you Um, sure so I work as a performance coach with Planet K2 I have done for a number of years now Uh, I think you're right this is an absolutely uh, fascinating subject but as well as its fascination I'm keen today to talk about change in relation to performance and what you can take from this podcast if you're listening to it and thinking about yourself or if you're the leader of a team or in fact the leader of an organization Um, so it's a subject that yeah definitely definitely interested in and uh, elaborating on. Cool awesome so like I said Jim you know, we, we know you've, you've worked in a number of big and small businesses as an internal and external performer coach. Um, and often there's a lot of talk about, you know, the need for change or, or just change in gen- general, dealing with change um, and models of change. I'm, I'm interested in your views on change when it comes to performance. So I think up front, and, and there's a certain irony given that we are talking about change in this podcast, I think we, we probably could do with talking less about change and you and I might do that now, but also in in, in uh, um, yeah any organisation or performance context, because change is a function of other things, and I think it's very useful and worthwhile to talk in the first place about you know why why are we changing even before talking about it in itself, and so often it's it's driven by um, I grow you know the bit about growing and developing and improving. Sometimes that's driven. It feels like it's been driven by external factors, whether that be um, uh, what, what the competition are doing, for example. But in both cases, it's about the the need to grow. And I think when you, when you sort of reframe it in that way, and you're talking about growth, improvement, and development, then that becomes quite something different. And in terms of sort of growth and improvement, and and sort of when people are, you know, we're speaking about sort of being forced to change. Why do you think people struggle with that sort of concept? Uh, I think it's probably linked to their sense of control. So if you if you feel like you're being forced to do something or anything uh, and you have any hesitation about it, you feel you're being pushed to do something, then, yeah, then perhaps there is a natural resistance to do that. And often we see in bigger organisations uh, leaders spend a lot of time talking about and discussing with one another um, what, they, what they want to achieve and their plans to achieve it. Um, and they understand absolutely the rationale for that, then they announce that to everybody else in a way that they anticipate that just through that single announcement that everybody will get it and they'll get all the thinking that they've done and they'll get all the all the reasoning for why they're doing what they're doing. So it feel, it, often it feels forced upon. However, so much of this is about attitude and mindset, as so many things are, and often when people want to pause or can pause and think about these things, they would want to change and grow anyway. They recognise they don't want to be working in a business that's sitting still or dying or going backwards. So they want to be doing things. Does that make sense to you, Adam? Yeah, and 
I'm interested in, you know, as human beings, you know, it's interesting we talk about the concept of of change and I'm thinking about, you know, is that something where people just need to focus on this this natural sort of improvement and, and learning and growth? Is it something you see as though, you know, people who are working need to see themselves as well, you know, maybe I need to go through change every every few months to potentially push myself out of my comfort zone? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think I think that depends on the requirement. So, you know, the vast majority of people, certainly that we work with in organisations of any sort, um, are in environments that are they are they are in some shape or form competing with somebody else. Um, whether they're competing for time, money, space, investment, um, uh, whatever. Now, therefore there is a requirement to not just carry on doing everything that you were doing the, the, the year before. So if I'm working in a job, for example, and, and I'm even if I'm the sort of character who's happy just to keep doing the job that I'm doing year on year, the reality is that even if you want to just do a good, solid job, you're going to have to improve year on year to be seen as just doing a good, solid job, and that would entail, therefore, doing something different. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, it, so so even where you got people who are, and there's, again, there's another irony here: the sorts of people who are saying, "Well, I don't like change, or I don't want to change," are typically the sort of characters who are um, led towards making black and white statements and applying label to themselves, and then that becomes a bit self-fulfilling, rather than recognizing that they they would like to grow. And I guess it is that 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 reframing that that does does help mm-hmm. and in, in terms of you know potential leaders i know the you know someone who contacted us contacted us about sort of the topic of change and, and they were asking us you know how do i help um sort of my colleagues or my employees in terms of dealing with change what would be your what would be your your top tips or what would be your advice to those leaders in terms of helping their employees sort of deal with that uh, my advice would be n- no single solution and that they'll have to uh, uh, say and do different things that will work for different people. But I think you know leaders that can talk about their vision for the future in a compelling way and then talk about you know the path to get there and what that will mean for the role of everybody taking part. And, and therefore, once I'm, I'm clear on where we're trying to get to and I'm clear on my role, that makes it much easier for me to now understand what I need to actually do by way of tasks and the attitude and behavior that I need to bring. And that way, I'm much more able to focus on the change that I need to bring. So I think hearing leaders talk about the vision and the future and the requirement and the mission that everyone's on and the part that everybody has to play um, to uh to de- to develop themselves and develop their performance mm-hmm. so again probably starts with um you know winning uh the, the sort of cliched hearts and minds of people that that they want to be part of the the overall mission and if they do and they want to continue working with that organizational environment then that is going to be a requirement i think if you've got people in your business that aren't bought into that that simply want to turn up and go home and not be part of that well then you've got to ask yourself have you got the right people anyway Mm -hmm. and in terms of you know people or businesses you've worked with have you have you often gone to places where you sort of felt the people are in some ways maybe too comfortable with things and they are maybe afraid of change um i think sometimes people are afraid of the unknown but i think being afraid of the unknown is different to being afraid of doing something differently so but but i also think this can become 
yeah a, a, bit, a bit self-fulfilling and that you know you, there's a whole industry built up around change you know if you google change consultant or to google growth consultant well you'll get lots more um hits around the the change consultant so there is an an industry built up designed to help people and help people cope with and deal with change but that's a that's a very sort of negative starting point rather than talking about growth improvement and performance and frankly some of the things that you know we talk a lot about with with the people that we work with and then and then change just becomes a a a, a necessary requirement on the back of that Mm -hmm. it's a bit like adam the, the whole industry that's grown up around engagement which, which you, you know, if you if you've got people and you're doing the right things in the first place and you've recruited the right people and you're talking about what you're trying to achieve, then you don't need to get into this huge engagement piece in the same way. So I think sometimes it's it's overdone and overtalked. Mm-hmm. And and you, you sort of made, the more we talk about sort of growth and, and improvement, there, there's clearly you know an, an attitude towards change. How how does someone develop sort of a I, I don't know if positive is is the right word but how does someone develop that attitude where you know they're very open to change um, and you know there's someone who says you know I want to strive for that growth and improvement what would be your sort of advice around that or views around that Yeah well I think in the first place let, let, let's again rather than just focusing in on the people who may may find doing things different more of a challenge there are a lot of people who 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 welcome doing things differently they welcome growth they welcome improvement and they bring a lot of energy to those things so let's first and foremost say well we've got lots of people like that and and that's great and and all we need to do with those people is to to help them align to what 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 we're trying to achieve and 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 make sure that their energy is going in in a really helpful direction I guess yeah, there, there are a second group of people that you're talking about, um, and I'm thinking that uh, in the first place, we often talk about is your thinking helpful or unhelpful rather than positive or negative. So if you if you know you're in an organisation where it, the the landscape is competitive, it's pretty predictable that you're going to have to do some things different so so change becomes predictable and necessary it is actually just growth so starting off with understanding that and then thinking about what do i bring so i guess there are then there are some sort of personality aspects to it um i I think there are people who who for example they start off with a plan and their idea of the plan is it's just a starting place there are other people with a plan and their idea now is to follow the plan exactly as they've laid it out because it will get them where they want to get to. Now, for those people, yeah, sometimes if someone says, well, we're now not going there, we're going here, there is a propensity to throw their arms in the air and, and say, you know, you've moved the goalposts. But when you think about it, Adam, goalposts are getting moved all the time. Mm. That's That's predictable. So to get two angsty about goalposts moving feels a bit both unreasonable and unrealistic mm-hmm. and I, I know jim we we spoke about i sort of spoke a bit earlier about sort of models of change um i'm intrigued are there you know models that you know what, what i'm sure the listeners want to know you know in terms of what, what are the models of change or, or are there models of change um th- th- there are there are lots adam there are lots of different ones and they they, they are uh modeling uh, surprisingly how different people go through different stages of change again i think you know for us today 
whilst they have a place and people can people can you know google and look look for sort of model training i'd rather not get hung up on that i'd rather start off with the whole attitudinal piece which says change is growth or growth equals change, however we want to do it. I'm pretty sure it was Churchill who said to improve is to change. And that it's that, that whole philosophy um, which I think is most helpful in, in both understanding from a, a, a sort of perspective of someone, maybe an employee, uh, but also from a leader helping just to continually put that message across, which is we can't stand still. And if, if you're the sort of person who wants to stand still, you're likely not to be the sort of person that you want that that said there's a big caveat to that which is we, we talk about check what needs to change i think often a, a, a very helpful question to ask is you know what needs to stay the same and the answer to that will be lots of things you know would people say no you know there's a there's a, a risk that you can start um absolutely uh magnifying something so when someone says we're changing something people's uh, worry or fear might be well everything that we've known and had in the past is going to is going to be lost that's really true so i think asking well if if we want to grow what needs to stay the same and then we can answer all those things and then we can start talking about what do we need to do differently mm-hmm. and then considering both of those questions in unison uh, will be really helpful and it, this has made me you know think about you know people's sort of role um in change um and and sort of are people ready to play their part how can people sort of improve that aspect in terms of being ready what what was your what's your sort of views or advice on that uh i I think that absolutely so so if we start off with well everybody will have a role to play then uh a a a sort of strength-based approach to that can be really helpful thinking about well knowing what i know about myself uh, accepting who I am and knowing the strengths that I have, what are the things that I'm able to bring to this particular demand, this particular situation that we're facing into? Now, as I said, some people will instinctively bring an energy and a drive towards something new and something different. So that that that's superb in helping that um, uh, that that take place. You know, there are other people that we, we we've referred to a little bit here that might be more inclined to just sit still until they're um, sort of pulled or, or coerced into doing something differently. But even the sit-stillers bring something. So what they bring often is a knowledge of the past. They bring their experience. Um, and, and they can bring those things and make sure that uh, as, as we move forward and grow, we're not losing some of our some of our heritage and some of our history and some of our values along the way. So you can keep both at the same time. Um Sometimes, and I'm going to just hesitate slightly here, you know, sometimes some people can play the role of handbrake. And and as we know, in a car or vehicle, a handbrake can be a fantastically useful tool. We also know that if you want to get somewhere and someone's sitting and putting the handbrake on the whole time, that could be really annoying and not very helpful. So, you know, in times of change, someone could say, okay, I'll play the role of handbrake. But providing they're playing that on behalf of everybody and it's focused around what you're trying to achieve, that's useful because someone might say, quick, put the handbrake on. Mm-hmm. We're going too fast. But as I say, not sitting there with the handbrake on because that's where, that's just going to annoy people and not, and not get you anywhere. No, and I, I think that's a really good sort of way of looking at it, actually. It sort of made me you know, think it's, it, it's useful to have that person or, or that individual or, or group there at, at times. And I think it's... 
Well, it's definitely a, a great. I, I really like that analogy or, or way of looking at it. I'm interested in 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 terms of change itself. Is there is there a link between reflection in, in some ways? I'm I'm thinking, uh, you know, organisations, you know, going through change or or sort of maybe reflecting on a monthly basis. You know, there might be times where within those months they might have to say, you know, we've got to change X or Y. Um, should there be sort of you know regular reflection where people do look and say and ask themselves do we need to change x or y you know does that well should that happen you know every few weeks or every few months in an organization definitely Adam. i think it should be happening all the time and that's part of a performance review cycle isn't it or a performance learning cycle that that you know you do some things you reflect on them you draw some conclusions you plan and you go again and you perform and do something uh again or or in a refined way or differently so i think um absolutely reflection plays a, a critical part in that we know that when um organizations are very um and people are very busy they they rather than when you're too busy you don't start sitting around and reflecting too much you just do more and if you if you're just in a cycle of that only uh, encompasses doing that's really good on the one hand because you get a lot done as, as, as if you're doing all the time but if you don't reflect and learn and think about your performance then you won't get better you'll get a lot done but you won't get better um so performance reviewing is is yeah become becomes essential and if getting again that that completes the cycle to say well getting better means probably doing something and adjusting what we were doing before mm-hmm. and are there are there any questions which you think people could be potentially regularly ask themselves in terms of that um yeah all sorts of questions i guess about uh, um how well am i contributing am I, am i stuck am i am i am i relying on uh, a performance level that i thought was good but is no longer uh, good uh, in, in, in the world I'm currently working in? Am I relying on uh, uh, old knowledge? Is, are my knowledge and skills relevant? Do I need updating them? So, you know, do I need version two of myself? What does that look like? Uh, but that all is in relation to, well, what's the overall challenge that I'm facing into here? Is it a similar one to that which I faced before or is it, or is it different? So, um, uh, uh, those are the things that sort of immediately spring to mind. You know, the, the regular reflection, and often that's best done with somebody else. So mm. here we're talking about the role of a uh, of a coach, whether that's a leader, manager, peer, playing that that coaching role to help you do that reflection and think about what your plans are. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's it, it's this has got me thinking. You know, Jim, we we often. Yeah, you know, I know. Well, a lot of people know we go into businesses, but there's also the individual in terms of helping people to, you know, change throughout their their sort of personal lives and and being ready for that. Do you think there's a a big crossover between if you are applying these skills within sort of your business that you're going to be able to apply them more to your own sort of circumstances that things come up? We know that everyday life there are numerous stresses or, or things that can happen to people where they need to be ready to change and ready to grow, or ready to adapt. Just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Uh, uh, my thoughts are that yes, it, 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 it's a lot of the same things. That um, there's an element here of it being a, a sort of natural thing. I, I certainly know that when I read um, read up around different aspects around uh, mental health, then um, what one part of that is feeling like you are learning and growing and developing. So whether that be studying something. 
um, or, or, or reading or whatever, taking part in something where you're feeling like you're learning a new skill, for example. Now, now again, that, that entails for many people doing something different to what they were doing before they started doing that thing. And that's, so I think that's healthy. Now, some people might be recognizing that takes more of an effort for them to do than uh, others. Mm-hmm. So it might it might require effort to do that, but the but the rewards are are, are there, and um, it's making me think now about uh, when you're doing something differently, how guaranteed the return is. So I guess you know sometimes we there's a big element of 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 this which is about innovating and trying and testing things and having that attitude, like a sort of in a practice environment. Can I can I test some stuff out? What can I do different that will will help me and might uh, uh, seek some advantage, for example, um, versus uh, uh, a sort of a, a slightly different approach rather than testing where you're actually sort of trying something different for its own sakes in the hope that there will be a reward for you further down the line, but you don't necessarily know. So uh, um, a sort of willingness to experiment, I guess, is useful and and, and recognise that you might not feel an instant return on, on you making the effort, but that you might get the return at some point later on. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's fascinating. It's um, it's amazing sort of the, the crossovers, but also just the way that we sort of see it in terms of growth and, and improvement. And Jim, I'm, I'm interested in in the topic of sort of tracking change i'm sure people spend a lot of time that you know when they go through change they think well how do we monitor this how do we see you know where we've improved and where we've grown what are sort of our views you know planet k2 and and sort of the work that you do in terms of advising people in terms of tracking that change and sort of monitoring it yeah so for for me again i reckon our language would be more helpful to say how do we know we are both moving towards the thing we want to achieve and how do we know that what we're doing is making a difference so we're not necessarily not necessarily tracking the change per se but we are tracking what we're doing um and, and absolutely that's helpful and it's a skill in itself so um if i uh Let's say um, I'll take an example of doing a sort of couch to 5K, which, which, you know, a lot of people might be thinking about doing or I've done. Then within the subject of what we're talking about, if, you, if you're not running currently and you're sitting on the couch and someone says to you, um, yeah, you know, you need to change. Well, that's, that, that may or may not be obvious. But in setting the goal of running 5K, that's really helpful. If you're able to then get some measures for you of improvement, that can be really helpful and motivational as well. Um, even if even if what you're seeing is not the returns that you want to see, um, no feedback is less motivational than the negative feedback. So s- seeing some difference that you're beginning to make, whether that be to how long you're you're jogging for. Um, how fast you're jogging, how frequently you're jogging, um, all those things are useful um, feedback to yourself. So, so that sort of feedback loop becomes really relevant. Um, it, 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 there, would, there would be another way of doing this, which says, I'm simply going to run more and, and hope that that achieves uh, what I want to achieve. Depends why you're doing the counts to 5K in the first place. But yeah, yeah. So, so this we're really talking about the skill of using goals there mm-hmm. and. And, and therefore using some kind of indicator or, or measure as a way of helping you achieve a goal that you're trying to achieve. 
and in in terms of sort of monitoring that change, do you see a lot of people focus primarily on results within that case of saying, you know, what we're going to look at change, but you know, our best way of seeing if things have improved or got better is, is looking at results. Uh, yes, because that's important to people. So that's completely understandable that people are tracking progress against results. But depending on what the goal is, then then the the, the results feedback isn't going to be as available as often as the performance feedback, i.e., am, am I or are we doing the things that we need to do? So, you know, if you if you were looking at performance and you're doing nothing differently to how you were before, then the the, the likelihood that you're increasing your chances of achieving your goal is is less. So, yeah, absolutely, it's understandable that people are tracking against results. Mm-hmm. Um, but depending on what what we're talking about and the time frames, tracking results can be appropriate. But tracking the performance and what you're doing, which is something you have a hundred percent control over, is a very relevant place to start with. Mm-hmm. It's like I said, Jim. It's uh, it's a fascinating area, and I, I think it's great to sort of see the way that you work and, and the way that we work as an organisation in terms of how we think about change and the different things that we. We share. And I, I was wondering if there's is there anything else you feel that you, you'd like to share with people about sort of the way that we work in terms of change? Anything that sort of comes to your mind that you'd like to sort of let people know just before sort of we end? I think really just to, it's more of a recap, Adam. That, that you know, I think our our, our approach to, to change is you know not to get too bogged down initially in the um, what people might sometimes call the emotions of change or those things. Rather focus on um, what, what, what are we what are we trying to achieve? What's the what's the challenge? What's the demand? And then think about well, what's the most helpful attitude and thinking that, that that we can adopt around that? How does that help us to choose our our language? And in turn, how does that help us to drive the most helpful behaviour that will take us towards that thing that we uh, that, that that picture of success that we're aiming for? So. It's thinking about those things and thinking about those things, whether you're an individual um, and how can you most uh, best help yourself in that respect, whether you're a team leader or whether you're a leader of an organization, which is helping people to understand that, uh, you know, growth is probably not a, a, an option, but, but a requirement and that that predictability um, of, the, of the requirement for growth uh, almost allow that allow that to to be your your driver for for for, for change oh, brilliant well, it's been um jim it's been a pleasure um talking to you as always and it's been um you know great to explore i think we've explored a range of um, areas within sort of change whether it's from tracking to embracing it to sort of what people can do in terms of when it happens and, and dealing with it so it's been um it's been absolutely fantastic so thank you so much for your time and i just wonder if people want to learn a bit more where can they go you know what, what's the best place to, to sort of find more information um i think they could contact us directly uh, adam and just uh, and ask us that question i can think you know there are i think there are various resources that are probably aimed more at people who uh find change more challenging and there are some very useful ones around that many people will have heard of a classic very small book called who moved my cheese which is you know for the right person who moved my cheese is is, is a great little read um i've got a fantastic handbook which i'm not even sure uh, uh, is in print anymore called um an organizational uh, uh handbook for employee change um which, which has some really simple um 
messages in it that says, for example, if your if your if your organisation is growing and changing, well, the chances are you need to grow and change too. You know that that kind of thinking. So, I mean, uh, but yeah, if people want to come back to us, Adam, they can uh, they can come and do that, and I happily uh, talk to or contact anyone anytime. Cool, brilliant. And if um, they want to contact you, what's your email address or even Twitter, really? It's uh, they want email works at Jim C for Constable Jim C at Planet K two dot com. Brilliant, fantastic. And um, to everyone for listening, I know that we actually have a kit bag um, which will be uploaded to the site over the next few weeks with a lot of different information around um, the topic of change. So please. Um, feel free to look out for that as well. It's on the performanceroom.co.uk. Jim, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It was absolutely brilliant. That's okay. And I don't know what we'll call the podcast, Adam, but it change will, will attract people to it. But we should maybe subtitle it or put the word growth somewhere in there as, as well because, uh, you know, that's been a big uh, message that uh, hopefully we're getting across here. I, I agree. Uh, maybe it'll be the title of the um, kit bag even. So um, we can we can have a good think about that. But again, Jim, thank you so much. It's been fantastic. And um Thank you to everyone for listening and hopefully we'll be back um, over the next few weeks or next few months with the next podcast.